Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. We'll be uh, we've got Carl with us, so we'll be back on the heroes and heroes and villains. All right, mate. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah, how you've, you've all recovered from your COVID? Um, I'm I'm nearly there. I, I'm not hundred percent, and my smelling taste isn't all the way there yet. But uh, yeah, I get a bit tired, sort of around about three o'clock every day. But you know, I'm I'm pushing through. I, I, I'm all, all right. right. All right, well, if you need to have a little nap yeah. uh, part way through, then just let us know. We've got thanks. Sam with us, all right, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yeah, good. And we have got Omar as well, but he's kind of also doing parenting stuff, so I don't know how much he's going to be able to chip in, which is why uh, I'm in charge uh, again. But uh, he, he's uh, he's here for now, at least. Omar, how you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. Just a busy time at the moment with the kids. Missus is out. She's enjoying one of her rare nights out as well, so I thought I'd do, I thought I'd do the good husbandly thing and uh, let her have a night out. And, is that uh, is that rare because you don't normally allow it, mate? Or yeah, you know I'm Muslim, so you know I'm a bit strict. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> it's not, it's not a joke that you're Muslim, right? You are. No, you are Muslim, I am Muslim. Yeah, I am Muslim. Just no, 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 no. Yeah, it's just that. Um, the kid, well, our eldest two are now the age where you know I can they can just sort of manage themselves and. The, the youngest is getting to stage where she's starting eating proper food now or well starting she's six months so she's starting to you know you know how it is you, you've both you've all got kids so you know how it is so it's she's becoming a bit freer so you know I did the I think I did the right thing by uh, yeah letting her go out yeah good uh, fresh fresh off the Bake Off final as well Carl how are you feeling mate we had to uh, do the pod an hour later than originally planned so me and you could watch the Bake Off final how are you feeling about the result um, I thought the, the, the right person won um, yeah. I, I mean you'll have plenty of people on Twitter going it's bloody British Bake Off not Italian Bake Off uh, but, yeah. um, but I, I, I was I was glad that the the semi-final was a uh, two Asian people, a German man and an Italian man, which is, was was great. Would have made a certain portion of Twitter furious. But yeah, chuffed. Good. I, I thought he, I thought he deserved to uh, deserve to win. Good. What if Paul uh, Hollywood had got long COVID, lost his sense of taste? Don't yeah, I always thought, yeah no. I'm thinking about that. I, I, I've been thinking about that. I like, um I'm. I wouldn't. I'd be shy. I'd just have to. I'd just have to go on what it looked like. Would they have to get yeah. the uh, Bolly, Bollywood equivalent? Maybe. Paul Bollywood. Paul Bollywood. <laughs> I don't know. What did they, what, is there a sub? There's no sub, is there? Like, I mean, you could no. see. You could sub through, couldn't you? You could even try and get Mary back for a bit of a mm. stand-in. Uh, but um, you'd have to just get Matt yeah. Lucas. Just who's sub in for Paul Hollywood? I don't know. So no, they just haven't got the strength in depth, have they? They're probably well, Steve, that Steve and Gerard. Sounds Steve quite similar. Team. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite sure that's Bates yeah. so, uh... Don't start. Don't start. I'm going to stop the recording now. If you start those bloody. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the. Let's talk about some football. So um, we'll start as usual uh, with uh, the Villa news from the stands of Villa Park. And there's not really much news this week after a couple of news heavy weeks with the change of manager and everything. But um, a couple of things to mention. Uh, the under 23s won again um, last night, a uh, 4-1 victory uh, against Burnley. Um, all of our goal scorers uh, having uh, names that are going to make uh, commentators struggle when they break into the first team in the future. So Chocolamaker got one, which was one of those delightful um walk into the goal and tap it in from a yard away type I was a bit disappointed he didn't get down on his knees and, and nod it in but basically a big booming clearance from our keeper completely missed by their keeper a terrible attempt at a challenge by the defender backing up and he just strolled in and uh, knocked it in to annoy them two for Jaden Philodine uh, Philodine Bades who again we've talked about on the pod is very much knocking on the door of the first team and uh, Tristan Abeldine Goodridge uh, with the fourth um, as well. So um, lots of good names for the the shirt princes in the in the future. In uh, amongst those, did, did anyone see the uh, the starting lineup uh, when they announced it? They had to use four what, with the four different font sizes because yeah. there was four different <laughs> font sizes because <laughs> they couldn't fit it all in. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, it's good. A good diverse team. And um, yeah, up to third now in uh, the PL2 Division 2, the, the under 23s. So, um, you know, I think uh, they'd, they'd be smashing that division if 
all of those players were available all of the time and weren't spending some of their time in the first team. So um, encouraging there. Um, a little bit less positive for the Villa uh, women who lost 5-0 to Man City, but Man City, of course, uh, one of the best uh, women's teams uh, around. Although they haven't had a great start to the season. We mentioned last season, uh, last week we were uh, above them before that before that game. Uh, and the, the women's team have dropped now to 10th out of 12 in the league, which isn't great, but it's a, the shape of the league currently is is pretty strange. And there's, there's four teams on 10 points, of, of which uh, we're, the, we're the bottom of those four on, on goal difference, and then two above them on, on 12 points. So, you know, uh, a, a couple of better results and you could find yourself um, up in uh, sort of fourth and fifth positions very quickly. But unfortunately, the women's team have lost four of their last five the only win was, of course, the big one against the Blues, as we mentioned last mentioned last week. But um, yeah, um, uh, so not great news on on that front. But then the other more positive news, uh, I guess, is Trezeguet, who's been out with a long um, injury, uh, is back uh, in training with the with the first uh, with the first team. So that's that's great to see. Um, uh, and also uh, in today's training, we saw pictures of Douglas Louise back. Uh, with a ball at his feet. He's been sharing lots of stuff on his Instagram uh, with him working out in the gym and also some extracurricular uh, activities uh, on the Instagram uh, as well. Uh, but good to see him uh, back uh, uh, training with the with the first team um, as well. Any any thoughts on uh, Trezor Gay or, or Douglas Louise, guys? Uh, no, it's, it's good. Um, I mean, in the sort of the immediate um, future of getting Dougie back in the team will be, will be good. It, um, it improves the way we play, although Nakamba was great. Um, his, his personal life? Um, no, yeah, tell us I, more about that, mate. Tell us I, I, about. I, I, I haven't really got much to say about it other than... Um, other than uh, no, I've got nothing to say. Fair, <laughs> fair play to him, fair play to her. Let them get on with, uh, and do whatever they want to do with each other. I think it's a lovely story with two Villa stars dating. I think it's really great. It's good good PR. Um, I, I'm a bit... Trez coming back, you know, it's going to be difficult for him, isn't it? He's coming back at a time when the... the, the uh, you know, we've obviously got a lot more players in his position. Um, who knows what toll that injury is going to take. It was a bad one. Um, I think yeah. that most people agreed uh, that in the kind of, you know, in the games that he played in before he got the injury... Uh, he did look a little bit like he wasn't quite up to the standard that we needed to be at, uh, our players to be at for where we wanted to go. So coming back from an injury, I just don't, I just don't see it happening for him. I'll be honest. I think he's going to end up not playing very much and uh, being shipped out. Yeah, I think that you know that's probably that's probably right. It's great for him as a guy. You know, he's obviously a. He's always put a shift in for us. The question has never been about his his effort or his commitment, and he's you know some of his performances and his certainly his goals towards the end of uh, the first season back in the Premier League were pretty instrumental in, in keeping us up. So uh, you know I'll, I'll always I guess I'll always think well of him, and I'm glad to see him after a long injury like any player coming back. But uh, I don't disagree with your assessment of, of where he is in terms of the the quality and the the pecking order that we've. That we've got now um it's a bit like our guys isn't it really same kind of thing where they've done a lot for this club like harahan before them even uh you know they've done a lot for this club and we owe them a debt of gratitude and and the, we'll always look on them fondly but i think it's time we moved on um you know that the level that we want to get to then you know then they're not good enough really frankly and that doesn't mean we, d we don't like them as as players as people and what they've done but it's just natural isn't it a bit like mm. we have to sell jack Reese to move on you know, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't quite. It wasn't Who? quite up to the level. Um, Joe, po old Papadom injured, oh, injured again. Oh, injured again. Uh, in, yeah. Injured again. Is it? Injured is again. it Shin? Is, yeah. it, is it Shin again? Well? Shin again, apparently. Oh. Rumors. Yeah, Shin. Shin. Uh, sleeping pills, vodka. Who knows? <laughs> that's that's not that good. Allegedly. 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 I did see um, Sub Subal of Twitter, who's who's quite a funny account to follow, make a jo joke about Jack Grealish being Irish and Shin Fein. Which was I thought. I did say so that, I Joe. Yeah, that, that, yeah, no, it was. It, it was. It was 
Um, yeah, it was quite good. Yeah. I don't think you told it as well. No, I didn't. I didn't want to. No, I didn't want to tell it. But I just sort of linked the words and just said, "Look, that was a joke." Look, look. Yeah, at yeah, yeah. Before I sign off on that one, I want to actually read it. Like, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure it, how comfortable no, I am with with it. To it, be honest, it was. It was. It wasn't dodgy politically. It was just a play on words. Okay. It was. Quite, it, was yeah. it was. It was done. Yeah. Like that. We was, probably need Sam to sign off on it as an Irish. Yeah, please. Yeah. If he can, yeah. Uh, exactly right. He can be the arbiter on. Can that you one. be the spokesperson for all Irish Villa fans, please? I can be, yeah, no problem. Okay. But I when need you, to see the joke but, first. You, you, you'll <laughs> need to, um, you'll need to have some helium like they used to do on the day today uh, <laughs> when they spoke to disguise your voice. I love how we come up with all these, you know, really uh, current uh, references uh, for, yeah. the, for the young, yes. for the young listeners to the to the pod. <laughs> We all remember that on the day today. Anyway, um, they're all too busy talking sorry. about crypto and NFTs and. And, yeah, and that that Twitter, the Twitter spaces and things like that. I, all know. vote, all voting for stuff on uh, what, what that Sophios thing, aren't they? That's yeah, what yeah. All, mm. bloody youngsters. All, uh, you know, getting their crypto tokens to decide what song. I don't know. They're bloody born, they? or whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> shout out to all the all the young listeners to the pod. Um, Carl, over to you, mate, for hero and villain of the week. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the villain um, today, um, just because we, we discussed it earlier and decided that if I used a hero, it'd be a nice little segue into um, talking about the Brighton game. You but should have left villain, that, mate, and it would have sounded no, no, it would have sounded like we no. were naturals at it. No, we, we you know what we need to be uh, transparent. Here. Okay, all right. but um, villain villain of the week is Mister, and I don't know his name, but Mister Hines. The uh, maker of, of soups, but more importantly, um, sauces. Because, um, yeah, Stevie G's, um, the latest um, manager to, to ban ketchup in particular, which seems to be the ev- most evil of all sauces. Um, what, about well, Hellman's? what about Hellman's though, mate? Because I think mayo's banned as well. I mean, you can get Heinz mayo, I will say. Other, other mayos are available, but Hellman's is the default, isn't it? Let's be honest, if, if, if anyone's, like, if we're just picking out one prick here from the source world, uh, it's Heinz. He is it's dominant. Mr. Heinz. He's dominant, yeah. Yeah. And I, the one thing about it for me that's always confused me a little bit about the banning from ketchup is what food are we feeding them mm. at the training ground where ketchup would be an option? Yeah. Like, what are they fucking eating? Like, I thought they ate chicken, vegetables, pasta, and that is literally it. Oh, you're not using ketchup for that anyway. No. I don't it's understand the burger and why chips you, you want to ban, isn't it? It's the burger yeah, and chips that needs chips. to go, not the sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ban, the, ban the fry-up. Don't have the fry-up in the morning. It's not the, cutting out the sauce, isn't it now? We should, we should but, put one out for uh, John McGinn, I think, you know, just for his... I think it's a pretty tough... must be a pretty tough time for him, right? With the iron yeah, brew. I mean, it'll be, it, yeah, John. he's going to be gutted. He's going to be gutted. He, dr- he drinks it by the pint form, I'd <laughs> imagine, uh, ketchup. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I was, I was tempted to put Stevie G in there for banning ketchup because I think it's a load of bollocks, really. It's just this kind of let's throw a rule around. But actually, I think Mr. Hines has had it all his own way for far too long. <laughs> and uh, it's about time he was brought down a peg or two. Yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Hines. 57 is, varieties. Is like, Fuck off, mate. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm afraid no, 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 daddy's <laughs> anyway. What, what? Daddy's mate. Yeah, there's varieties. He always bangs on about his 57 varieties. What are they? I don't know what the varieties of. I don't know. It may, maybe it's like all the soups. Yeah. Uh, beans, then, obviously. Beans. He's big yeah. in beans, isn't he? He's the, he's the best. I'll give him that. He's the best in the bean world. Have they have they banned the beans? Are you all right with beans? It's one of your five well, days. Sauce, it? isn't it? Fine fibre. And that full of sugar. Well, you can get the low sugar and salt ones, but they do taste like cardboard, so. Do, yeah. I've been wondering whether do you think the yeah. lads have sort of got the message like you know they, they kept, they've got the list ketchup's gone mayonnaise is gone and do you think someone piped up with do you think the vodka and sleeping pills is still <laughs> <laughs> or is it a case yeah, well, of well, I don't I don't know, specifically. No, is he going around the houses and checking that they haven't got any illicit ketchups snuck under their bed or whatever like Again, John McGinn is the kind of man who's going to still have a stash of ketchup hidden around the back, and he's going to get the lads round, isn't he? 
He's going to get that. In the car. I've got. As soon as he gets in his motor. You won't believe how much ketchup I've got. I don't know. Uh, uh, Bob, Bob Mortimer always talks about how he always carries some pocket mate around yeah. with him, and I imagine John McGinn always has some pocket mates. Yeah, uh, with a couple of sachets of ketchup in the other pocket. Yeah, uh, appara- uh, apparently. So there's actually over five thousand different Heinz products out there in the market at this current time, but apparently the the uh, the founder was riding a subway in New York, and he saw something about twenty one different flavors or something about some other product. And he thought it was good marketing technique. And at the time, uh, they had 60 different products out. But he thought 57 was a, a, a more of a lucky number. So he picked it as a random. That is smart That's as well. That is smart. Because That's it doesn't a, sound it like you've made it up if you say 57. No. But it's also like, yeah, it's in the same way that my score prediction sounds better because it's 27 yeah, yeah. rather than 30. Like, hit someone it, in 35 years. It, it works in the same 35 way. 35 it was poor. I, I did. Poor. Yeah. It's taker. Yeah, it's taker. Not, 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 not anyway, very funny. No, it's not as funny as 27, objectively. <laughs> no. It's just not as funny. Anyway, yeah. welcome to the Villa Talks podcast, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, there is there is a semi-serious point in this, though, around, yeah. and, we, and me and Omar touched on this last week, about the change in culture and the shift from, you know, training sessions at 12 o'clock, allow the players some freedom to be, you know, young footballers of the 21st century and stay up playing FIFA against each other or whatever uh, to the the culture that there is now where ketchup is banned but also presumably training is earlier and they're doing bleep tests all the time and checking on your heart rate and all of that which isn't to say you know uh, Smith wasn't doing some of those things as well but it, do you think that changing culture is necessary and was part of the problem or do you think it's just different managers, different styles. Um, go on, Sam. Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, the first thing I thought when I uh, read about this ketchup business was um, th- there's a sort of authoritarian... <laughs> Sorry, it's authoritarian... Just, you started off making a serious point and it's the first thing when I heard about this ketchup business. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I know, right. it's true. But do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the 2010 World Cup and Fabio Capello, right? This kind of yeah. authoritarian rules for rules sake. The, the the players thought they were living in, you know, a concentration camp. And I thought that Gerard obviously knew how unhappy that camp was in 2010. Um, so obviously he's not going to try and implement, uh, you know, all of Fabio Capello's methods. But there's a balance to be struck clearly, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think Gerard's come in and, and probably looked at it and thought things were too loose. And just, you know... Sending some some of these sort of little tightening up here and there, hopefully will send a signal to the players that you know, you know he's the boss. Things are going to be different, and the standards are going to be higher. And you know, I reckon, given who he is, and given that I think that they all, I get the sense that even though they're all supporting Dino publicly, I think they probably, uh, I think there was a critical mass in the squad that that felt that a change was needed. And I think they're going to buy into it. So I don't think it'll be one of those where, you know, Capello style, uh, you know, you've got um, Jimmy Bullard calling him postman, Pat behind his back and all that sort of thing. I think it's going to be a, a, a balance will be there. But most importantly, I think that the players are going to know who the boss is and it's going to be run properly. Did, did anyone see um, John Terry's interview with uh, Keyes and Andy Gray? No. It was a re- really good interview. Yeah, I did. What, what a... What a bunch oh, of no, ladies. Yeah. It was really, really, that is. <laughs> 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 just, just it's really, honestly, it was really good insight though. So John Terry shared a story about how basically how amazing Dean Smith was as a manager and how much he taught him. And one example he gave was uh, this was pre-COVID about a player who wasn't doing so well and wasn't pulling his weight in training or whatever, wasn't performing well in training, and, and John Terry wasn't happy with him, and, and he basically just dug him out um, and just you know publicly and then privately as well just saying it's not good enough you're not in the team uh you know you're not performing well you need to be better in training and he mentioned it to dino the next day and dino said have you have you spoken to him about his private life you know have you spoken to him what else was going on and john was like john terry's talking about how yeah i I didn't think about that i didn't have no idea and then he sat down he said he texted him the next day and said you know let's come in early for breakfast we'll sit down we'll have a chat and basically found out they just had a he just had a uh a kid he hadn't seen his family in however many months um, and he was really down, all this kind of stuff. And he basically, they basically gave him like a few days off to go see his family, spend time with his kid and all this kind of stuff. And he came back apparently in a, a better player, 
um, and it was like on fire apparently after that in training and in games. Um, and and it, well, maybe a few think a few things. First, it was obviously Dean Smith's management style, which we're talking about with the culture. Uh, obviously, the way that Dino was, the players loved him, and he was very much. He was trying to be like a modern coach, obviously, wasn't he? He was trying to be all inclusive and probably what you see in the corporate world, um, I imagine. Uh, but also, like, <laughs> is this alien to footballers? Like, personal stuff affects it. Employees. That's just. That's just logical, right? It's, it's just Wait, weird that it's weird that John Ter- it's weird that John Terry wouldn't recognise that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like, exactly. Also, I, I'm surprised he hadn't asked. He hadn't already asked about his, how his wife was doing, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> yeah, but, but no, who I do think, you think- that's a good point. I, I think as much as anything, I, I think the thing about it is, and, and Sam sort of touched on this, is just putting a line in the sand and saying I, I'm a different boss and there's a change. And you know, I, I think we said last week, Omar. There's no right and wrong way to do it. I think, you know, I think the only issue is, and Capello had this problem, that the disciplinarian approach will only keep the players on side if you are being successful, whereas I think you will get more leeway as a coach like Smith. Uh, um, and all of, a lot of this is conjecture. You know, we don't really know what's happening day to day with with Gerard, and it might be he's banning sources for nutrition. But actually, he's a pretty chilled out guy. Uh, but that doesn't—that's not the noises he's he's making. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. But I think as much as anything, if you're going to change managers, then the fact that there's a change in culture along with that is maybe not a bad thing. No, and you know, just one last thing. I mean, similarly, it's already been touched upon, but. It, it doesn't, as you say, it, there's no right or wrong way of doing it, but Gerard has to come in and do it his way, whatever way yeah. that is. He can't come in and, and do it Dean Smith's way. He has to, this is how I did it, do it, did it at Rangers, and this is how I'm doing it now. And it, it, it'd be wrong to do it any other way. So, you know, it's not like we was all there last season going, I think the problem is they're all having too much ketchup. <laughs> like, it weren't, it's not about that, is it? We didn't, it was not a clear issue that needed to but be, to be solved. Fair, mate, I didn't know how much ketchup they were having, so yeah, well, lots of There's no stats on that, so I'll... no, yeah. All right, mate, uh, who's your hero of the week? Uh, Tyro Mings, uh, Tyro Mings, I think the second time he's um, he's won it. Um, he did, come, uh, he did come close to getting villain of the week, what he did, he did. Um, and I'm you know, some people say that I'm a bit harsh on him but um i i thought he was fucking brilliant um on saturday absolutely brilliant um and it's it's like and i, I think i've mentioned it before that if he's comfortable his performance level or at least his concentration levels just drop he needs pressure on him and like yeah like and i, I think what i think being dropped by dean smith i, I don't know whether if Dino was still here, whether he'd have got that performance from from Smith, I don't know whether he would have how he would have handled that directly with Smith. But I think the fact that Dino dropped him and kind of says your performances haven't been good enough. A new Which manager coming. No, no, they hadn't. A yeah. new manager coming in, and, and I don't know if you saw when someone asked him about the captaincy, and he went, "Well, Mings has got it, and it's up to him to prove that he's worthy of it." Yeah, and like that's I an extra bit, and more. actually that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was. It was. But whether that but was ta- because but tactically lukewarm, in my yeah. view. Yeah. Yeah. No. no sorry. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just think that his performance on Saturday. I mean, he, he's 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 got these performances in him, and and you know, I'd say fifty percent of the time, this is how he plays. It's just the other fifty percent where his levels drop slightly or massively, um, where it does on the other occasion. Um, that that sort of worries you. But I thought he was brilliant. It, this the whole bit of chasing down his heavy toucher for his goal where he chased it down, slid it and just, it was almost like, as you saw him running back onto the pitch from off the touchline towards the goal, it's like he knew the ball was going to be falling where he was. And for him to sort of uh, score with his right foot, I don't think I've ever seen him kick it with his right foot before. Um, but I, I assumed as soon as he shot that it was going into the upper um, upper tier of the holes. But uh it was it was great to see Ripple uh, the net Ripple and um, he, he seemed to enjoy it uh, and I just thought I was really chuffed for him I thought it was absolutely brilliant yeah, I agree had to I had to watch that yeah. replay a few times because when he first went in I was sort of a bit bemused I was like what what the hell's happened there How, has that got in Have they, we just scored I just couldn't I yeah. couldn't I, it just didn't yeah him in on his right foot when the ball was coming that quickly at him for him to then control it and put it in the net like that at pace yeah brilliant. 
Sometimes better, isn't it? I mean, it's sometimes better if you're not a natural finisher and it's on your wrong foot that you don't have any time to think it about it. Well all in. you've got to do yeah. is just do you know do your best to put your foot through it, yeah. and it either goes in or it doesn't. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so let's think more broadly about the Brighton the Brighton game. Then, obviously, Gerard's first game in charge. Sam, um, overall, what was your assessment of the game? Um, what would you score Gerard out of ten for his first game? What What did you notice that was interesting or different, perhaps as well, versus what Dino's been doing? Yeah, I think that um, obviously in the first half we didn't see too much of the ball. We were under the cosh a bit, um, and I just think that um, you know in previous weeks I think we'd have buckled. I think we'd have gone in at half time one one behind, if not two behind. I just you know I think that. Um, and from there, I think we lose the game. You know, um, if you if we under Dean, if we'd spent that long uh, under the cosh, I think I think we concede and we lose. I just think the players were able to hang in there, um, and you know, I think the subs worked. Uh, uh, did anyone read? Um, I can't remember whether it was David Priest, but there was a lot of tweeting going on about how Ashley Young's really impressed Gerard in training, and he was pushing for yeah. a start against Brighton. And uh, yeah, and I, I can't I can't say that reading that filled me with any joy after you know how we were all a little bit kind of uh, bemused with how he'd, Young would come on in uh, central midfield under Smith and and actually obviously the pass he's put through for Watkins um, was a, a really nice ball and uh, yeah he did all right in that position. Um, so I wonder whether we're going to see more of this Young at ten stuff. Uh, over coming weeks, I can't say that I'm really keen on the idea. But obviously, if he's if he's doing it in training and, and Gerard trusts him, then you know it, I suppose he, he deserves the the spot. I also thought it was fantastic to see Watkins have the have the confidence to slam that into the corner. But if it doesn't go in, I mean Bailey's got to absolutely tear one off him, hasn't he? I mean you're just thinking, lay that off there, Ollie. Lay that off there. All right, slam it into the corner. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a, he took a big risk, but it's going to be great for his confidence scoring a goal like that in front of the whole end. And uh, you know, as we move into the, uh, the, you know, Palace is a hard fixture. We'll talk about that, and then we've got some more hard fixtures coming. I think we need Ollie uh, confident, and I think that being backed by the manager, being talked up by the manager, uh, will have helped him. Um, yeah, shape wise, I, I, I don't know. I think you. you on the WhatsApp, you guys were talking a lot about this, so I'll probably uh, let you guys talk about how the shape looked and stuff. But individual performances, I thought were good. I thought subs worked, even though they wouldn't have been the ones that I'd have agreed with, although it might have been the ones that Dino made. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think it looks positive going forward, but there are a few question marks. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, it's weird how football work. I thought how football works, isn't it? Ash- Dino makes that sub, like you say. And he gets lambasted, doesn't he? Uh, bringing Ashley Young into midfield, but I think it was great. Oh, I, lamb- I lambasted Gerard yeah. as well. It's just that it yeah, worked. I know. It's just it's funny how it works, doesn't it? It's just you know you get the, a bit of stroke of luck or whatever. And apparently, it was I think it was Greg Evans who said um, that Ashley Young's impressed a lot in training and that he nearly started as number ten um, for for us instead of Bundia. So that was uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, you know, obviously he came on and did the job, and I think all the subs made an impact. But um, from my perspective, I think the sh- shape-wise, what was interesting—I don't know if you guys agree or not—was um, how solid we looked. And it was very apparent to me yeah. that 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 was, you know, Gerard said it in his sort of um, his interviews as well. The, the key was to stop us conceding goals, and we talked about this before about you know if Gerard comes into us, the first thing he's going to mm-hmm. do. We talked about you know we are not creating chances, but we've conceded goals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think the fact he's made us more solid. We looked good between the lines. We didn't have massive gaps. Um, we pressed when we needed to press. Um, and, we, and when we couldn't press, we sort of sat back and kept our shape about us and tried to spring on the counter. I think that's probably a good good way to start. Uh, and he mentioned, obviously, we've got these players up front in the, in the final third that can hurt opponents. And, and it sort of worked with Leon Bailey coming on and making an impact, El Ghazi, Young, etc. So I think I think it's probably the right way to go about it. Keep us solid until he gets time to work with the team. He's only had a couple of days, obviously. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see how the team, how the strategy develops, how the shape develops, whether we become a bit more adventurous or whether we stay in this sort of solid shape. But also, I don't know I don't know what you guys think, but I think a lot of it was to do with, and we talked about this as well, AJ, before, was about Brighton not playing with a striker, uh, playing with a false yeah. nine. Well, Brighton, Brighton had uh, 63% of the ball overall, but they only spent 27% of the time 
in our final third. And it's very unusual to see that combination of statistics where, you know, a team has so much possession but does so little uh, with it. And I, I saw um, some wag on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, um, say, you know, if you basically set up with a three seven zero formation, then you're going to keep a lot of the <laughs> you're going to keep a lot of the ball. Like we could easily do that, but how effective is it? And we ended up uh, with an xG against of only 0.4, which is the lowest we've had this season. In fact, it's the lowest we've had. You have to go all the way back to West Brom in December 2020, where if you remember, they played a good deal of that game with 10 men, I think. Uh, when we won 3-0, to find a game with a better XG against um, for us. Now, that's a combination of what Omar's just been talking about, that we set up a little bit more in, a, in more of a solid way, um, but also the way that Brighton play and the, the fact that, you know, they just really did offer no threat. And we said on the on the preview, Omar, that that, that might well be the case and I think it is interesting the way we shifted from that narrow four-three-three three, uh, in the in the first half and, and until the subs came on to then adding a bit more width and, and opening things uh, opening things up. And there are a couple of interesting things that went on for me within that four-three-three three that were different from when we've played a four-three-three three with Smith. The first thing was, if you look at the average positions as well, this is really uh, obvious and you can see those on, on who scored if you're, if you're ever looking for them. The two number eights, McGinn uh, and Ramsey, played really wide and their job was to cut off the wing backs and stop them getting forward. And they both did that really effectively. But that allowed Nakamba to stay central and sit really deep. Um, and if you look at the average positions, uh, his average position is pretty much level with Conser and, and Mings, just very, was, sli- very slightly ahead. And um, he was brilliant. Nakamba yeah, so was really good. He made four tackles and won all four of them in the game, 100%, 100% win rate, as well as a, a couple of interceptions and stuff uh, as well. I think it really that will really suit Nakamba if that's the way we're going to play because we've talked a lot about you know his real weakness and to a degree Louise's weakness as well when he comes back in, his mobility. And I think if you're just asking him to sit deep and sit between the two centre-halves or just ahead of them and the two eights are going to do the running um, and how wide they be will, will probably depend on who we play. If we're not against a, a wing-back system, then you know they, they may stay a bit narrower uh, and, and mark up the midfield players. But that was a very obvious tactical change that... Um, uh, that uh, Gerard had met or be or perhaps uh, had made when you think the system is effectively the, the same uh, and and then also the sort of narrow obviously you're playing Watkins on, on one side who's effectively a, a striker and you're playing Buendia on the other side who you know we talked about is is better on the right but but cuts in and then against three at the back that's a really effective system because it makes it very hard for them to play out and and that's part of why they really struggled, you know, they kept the ball really well, but they really struggled to um, to, to go anywhere in it, uh, with it. And then when a and, um, uh, Al-Ghazi and Bailey came on, and also I think to a degree Mope came on for them, that opened up the spaces a bit for us and we were able to get wide and, and, and get at them a bit more. So I think there were some interesting changes in terms of the... Um, the, the way that system was used. The other thing which I didn't realise um, uh, either before the game was that uh, we keep saying on the on the pod or the back five picks itself, that's actually the first time since the first game of the season against Watford that that back five has played uh, together. Obviously that went pretty badly and part of the reason they didn't play together immediately after is because Target got dropped. But what a performance from Matt Target as well, Omar. I mean, you and I talked about the threat of Lamp- uh, Lampsy mm. and how worried we were um, about the impact that he would have, but it didn't really happen. Target kept him in his back pocket. Yeah, it was brilliant. Target was fantastic. I think um, uh, I thought Lampsy started fairly well in the game. Uh, I thought he got past Target a couple of times, but Target sort of um, sort of a bit, bit of in-game management from him. Really, I think he sort of changed his body shape when he was facing up against Lampsy. Um, so he'd let him come in the inside and Lamptey really struggled because he was forced to come onto his left foot and he didn't really have an answer for it and they ended up doing what Brighton normally do which is sort of passing it back across the midfield and trying to work another way through and nothing really happened for him and uh, again I think your point earlier on is important I think that is a quite a hallmark of a Gerrard team I think from what I've read is the is the two eights uh, sort of working hard uh, either side to try and push out to the wing backs, regardless if it's three five two or four three three or whatever formation we're playing against, so I think again that helped target. But I think overall target getting up and down, 
Uh, I think it just suits him more playing in a, in a back four rather than as a, as a wing back. He's it's less running for him. Um, it's less it's sort of less recovery pace needed, which I think is his big weakness as well. So yeah, I mean his best performance of the season by far. Although Cash on the other side again played really well. Unlucky not to get a foul. Was it a penalty free kick? I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, he played well. I think it was a free kick, but I think it was outside the box. That would be my view yeah. on it. But I don't know what anyone else thought. Uh, on target, seven tackles in the game, two clearances. But apart from that, um, and we've talked again about, you know, uh, debate about whether our fullbacks are, are good enough. And there's been a couple of links to fullbacks as well. Some uh, Croatian guy from uh, Salzburg, I think, who's been been linked um, that they were talking about in the in the mail. But but creatively as well, he made three key passes uh, as well, which is um, the highest uh, for us in the game. So a key pass is any pass that leads, leads to a shot. So... Obviously, a very good defensive performance, but he also um, had an impact creatively as well. Yeah, um, he also put that cross in, which probably didn't count towards that. The one that just in the lead up to the second goal, where he crossed it to the back post, yeah. and then it was cut back. So that probably wouldn't have counted as um, no in there. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have. Um, so yeah, uh, I think he had a, a, a good impact there as well. One one thing that still, uh, I guess, under discussion is Buendia, his place in the side, his performance. And there's also been a lot of discussion about his reaction when he came off. Carl, what was your view of that, mate? It's absolutely fine, isn't it? Oh, what, what, you don't want him to come off whistling and smiling and skipping um, over, just ha- being happy with the job he done. He, he clearly isn't. He knows how good he is. He knows he's not showing that on the pitch at the minute. And I think, yeah, Punch shit out of the fucking dugout. Why not? He and he and he's not. He weren't just annoyed at his own performance. I don't know whether you saw. You know, McGinn had all that time to try and just hammer it back into the box, and then he tried to take the defender off, yeah. and then it bounced back off him and went for a goal kick. The camera went to Buendia then, and Buendia punched the dugout after that as well. So he was furious with McGinn. He's just he's Argentinian for fuck's sake. They are. They're just generally. You know, really passionate and furious. Is that a, is that racist? It's not, is it? But <laughs> you must your own homework there, mate. It's, yeah, but, yeah. it's worse if you ask. I think if you'd have just left it, you'd have gone that order. You'd have gone away. Yeah, you got away with it. Yeah. Well, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, you, you can't just. You can't be critical of him for being unhappy with his performance when everyone else in the stadium's unhappy with his performance. What do we expect him to be? If it, if it, if it, if it was it? an English yeah. guy, I said this on Twitter, if it was an English guy or a British guy, it'd be our passion. We love that. No, we love that. Racist. It's true, though. It is. It's true, though. I think I think there is a, there's a, there is a bit of an unfair view that fans have on certain players, uh, especially foreign players. Actually, then, what you're confirming here, Omar, is that I wasn't racist because I was more accepting him of a foreign. Yeah, you are. I think you are. No, I don't think. I don't, I don't think you're being racist. I think, thank I, think, thank a, you. I think you're accepting thank the different you. cultures and the way players are. Um, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's bad to say that Argentinians are. I do show their passions more than say an. an, an, an uh, I don't know, British player or whatever. But I'm just saying. I think fans view players differently. Like if uh, John McGinn had done that, for example, he'd be like, "I love the passion. I love McGinn's passion. I love what he brings to the team. He should be captain." He- it's just it's weird. Even look at that look at that time when Joe was subbed Barkley. Last, last season when he and was Barkley. sitting there looking for Well Barclays was a different one and this was an important thing for me. When Dia's reaction was, you know, he shook hands with the manager, all that sort of stuff, and then sat down and then like it's different, I think, if you're coming off and you're kicking yeah. bottles and it and then it looks like you're annoyed that, that you've been subbed. He wasn't annoyed yeah. that he'd been subbed. He, wa- no, he was annoyed he that his performance wasn't up to the standards that, that he wanted to be. That was my interpretation and he, anyway. Yeah. And he was annoyed when John McGinn done something. Shit. He just <laughs> he just gets annoyed. He just gets annoyed. Leave the yeah, guy. It's like, uh, he'll, he'll come good. No more catch up, John. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, sake, that's the catch-up, John. Yeah. Well, and, and what did we think overall of his performance? Was he right to be annoyed? I think so. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, 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 he I think. Wasn't I think. Right. I think with Bendir, I think it's. Um, you know, obviously, his, his last performance against Southampton was probably his best performance, right? Well, the, sec- the second, second half, half especially, yeah. yeah. But I think with him, you know. It's he shows touches of brilliance. He shows that ability, like that that one touch through ball with a little flick to Ings. That's fantastic. We don't have that yeah. in the team. We don't have anyone else who could do that in the team. And and really, he's done that three or four times with Ings. I think over the course of the season. Well, I've got some interesting numbers actually because we've all been quite critical about his performance. I think his all round game has got to improve. Uh, he, he has had some issues, 
but actually he's probably statistically still been our most creative player this season. So he's made 14 key passes in total. Only McGinn and Target have more with 15 and 17 respectively, but obviously they've played more minutes. On a per 90 basis, he's the only player in our team averaging more than two key passes per game. Um, he's also the only player in the team averaging more than three shot creating actions per 90 as well. And he's got the joint highest expected assists per 90 with, with target. Now we've talked about a lot of those numbers are low overall because we haven't been creating very much as a, as a team. But I think that just shows what he's got in his it locker. Is... That when we're all very frustrated with his performances and think he's been poor and, and don't get me wrong, he's no looking nothing like a 30, 38 million pound player at the moment. But he is still creating more chances than than anyone else with the same amount. Of he's, he, he's also the top one percent of attacking midfielders for his defensive work as well, um, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah, he, he's a bit like a bit like James Milner, I suppose, in that respect. When James Milner came back to Villa permanently, in that the first sort of ten or so games, it wasn't working for him. I don't know if you remember the Ajax Ajax game st stands out to me. Um, he was having a really poor game and everyone was getting on his back, but he just kept working and working and working and eventually got an assist for Barry. And Bandia reminds me a bit like that. He just, he, he's he's having a bad, you know, he has a few bad touches, but he just keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going. And he's still, he's still there uh, in the right positions, making things happen when, when things do go right, if that makes sense. Um, you know, because he, he's, yeah. he's always showing for the ball. He's not hiding. And I think that means that's why he's still creating chances for us. Plus, obviously, we're not creating elsewhere. So he's obviously going to be the standout player from that respect. That Ajax game, that was the one where John Crew went to the Rocket Club the night before, wasn't might. it? No, uh, <laughs> that might have been another Europa game, I think. Is that the one where he celebrated and lifted the guy's turban? Is that the same one? Oh, I don't that know. Was, that, was, um, that was some random European team. I can't remember now, I think. Oh, it might, no, it might, no, might no. be the same. I can't I'm remember. On Buendia, I think one of the issues with Buendia is that um, I think, and, and this is probably a, a mixture of kind of bad luck, but also the fact that he, he pops up in the pocket quite a lot in the number 10 role. And it might be in a period of the match where we've been under a bit of pressure. He pops up in the number 10 role, the ball comes into him, and sadly for him, uh, he has been on quite a number of occasions when we've been frustrated and we're looking for him to actually put us on the attack. And he's just been either muscled off the ball with, you know, quite alarming ease or yeah. his touch has been really crap. And when you know that he's got such a sublime touch at times, watching him miscontrol something and then get bundled off it at a time when actually we need the pressure taken off, we need him to hold the ball. I think that that, unfortunately, it looks really bad. And when you look yeah. at the stats, the stats are better than the, than the kind of memorable moments seem to be and I think that's going to be a problem for him he needs to have a game where like the second half against Southampton where you're thinking okay every time he's getting the ball he's using it well instead of every other time he gets the ball it's a turnover yeah, yeah. If, it, if if such a thing exists it, it looks like he genuinely is trying too hard and and stuff's just not coming off for him at the moment that, that's yeah. my impression that I get from from watching him yeah, I think the attacking thing is interesting as well because I, I said, uh, you know, 0.4 XG uh, against, we didn't create much more XG than that. It's actually one of the lowest XG generated this this season, I think, joint with the Southampton and Brentford, Brentford games. So to a degree, like a great goal from Watkins uh, and, um, uh, you know, uh, an unexpected, as we've talked about, finish from, from Tyrone Mings has flattered Steven Gerrard a little bit in terms of what we've what we've created in in the game but I don't have what, an issue what xg is it if he lays that off to Leon if he lays that off well, yeah, to Leon that's exactly. like a, that's that would have been higher yeah but he didn't yeah. he didn't and if that goes yeah. it went in so great but if it doesn't then you still only have you know so the option was there but he didn't take it um so I, I you know defensively we definitely improved we need to allow for the fact that it's a fairly blunt opposition uh, who hadn't created a lot in, in previous games uh, either. But, you know, that was the priority. And so I think there's a tick for Gerard in that. And I think I'm not expecting too much too soon, but I think it's only fair in terms of the assessment overall to say that we did not create more than we have in previous games. Uh, in fact, most games this season, we've created better chances than we did in, in that game. Yeah, but the positive being that we didn't look like we was going to concede every 10 minutes. No, well, we didn't look like we were going to concede at all, and we didn't. You know, yeah. they've, they've hardly had a hardly had a chance. A couple of decent saves from Martinez, but both ones, you know, routine mm. by his standards, yeah. weren't they, really? So, mm. 
Well, I think that's probably the Brighton game. Shall we move on to uh, the Crystal Palace um, game? Uh, and I will start off with some of the... Vital statistics, ladies and yeah! gentlemen! So I haven't got um I haven't got loads of stats today uh, on Palace. We obviously had a few uh, on the Brighton game, so um, I, I paid a bit more attention to to that. But in terms of the overall head to head, um, we're in the lead. Twenty wins, thirteen losses, and fourteen draws. But if you look at the last ten games, it's not so bright. Uh, Five losses, four wins at a draw in the last 10 games. And also, obviously, we are away at home and we've lost three on the bounce uh, against Palace uh, away from home. Um, we have, uh, in the Premier League era, um, got six wins and seven losses. So they're a team, you know, if you look back across the head-to-head in recent era, in recent times, it, it tends to be we win at home and they win at home um, with the odd draw thrown in there um, as well. So, uh, what are we expecting? Carl, I'll go to you first. Uh, I mean, I, at the best of times, after after Dean Smith managed us for fucking 300 games, I still didn't know what was uh, what to expect. Um, so, in Gerard's second game after a, a full week's training, um, I'm I'm even even less sure about what will happen. I mean, it's going to be a four three three again, isn't it? Um, Would have thought so. So, um, I, I, you know, it's not it's not going to be diff- much different to what we um, how we started against Brighton. Um, maybe he'll play Bailey instead of Buendia. Um Who knows? Um, but I think it's going to be very similar. Um, obviously, Ben Teke will score hat trick against us, um, so we're going to need it to score at least four. Four goals um, this season already for Ben Teke. So he's yeah. I wouldn't say he's quite looking back to his Villa. Self, but he's looking the best he has for a he's long effective. time. I, would say. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he should have scored five on the weekend. To yeah. be fair, if you saw the highlights, he, he missed a, a few chances. But um, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm strangely positive, and, and, and Palace are actually starting to look really good. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Vieira uh, knows what he's doing. Eze, um, Eze's but, coming back as well. They've done all all so far without Eze, who's I think yeah. probably their best player. I reckon he's better than yeah, Carl, personally. He, he's he's excellent, but um. It's going to be nice, uh, a nice little sort of dugout battle between Gerard and Vieira. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Which uh, I've only just realised. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's going to, it's weird because the Brighton game there wasn't enough there for me to see clearly how Gerard's going to change us, other than make us more solid. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I think I need a bit more time watching how. How Gerard gets us playing to to be able to sort of um, see any patterns and stuff, but uh, it seemed fullback wise. It seemed that I know he likes to get his fullbacks forward a lot. It seemed it seemed that Cash was doing that, which is often the case with us. He was doing a lot that a lot more than than Target was. But even Target was getting forward a, a lot more. So you could kind of see that he tries that to happen. But but yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident. Um, do, I, do you want predictions? No, now? we'll do our predictions a bit, a bit later. Sam, what are your thoughts on right. the game, mate? Uh, yeah, I think um, we're in for a bit of a tough examination. Um, you know, they're, they're playing ever so well. I think Colin Gallagher, I mean, I wish we could have yeah. somehow managed to sign him a couple of years ago on loan and then uh, maybe... He's he got four goals as well. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, he's bossing it. He looks like a real, real... Uh, you know, midfield general, and I think that um, I wouldn't be surprised if at all if he's uh, first choice for Chelsea next season. And you know, I think there's a bit of talk of them bringing him back in January. Um, yeah, I think Elise is a good player. Benteke's found a bit of form. They're quite solid at the back. Uh, I think we're, it's going to be a tough game, but I, I, I'm not. I have a little bit of optimism because I think we're going to be on a high. Um, I think that uh, you know, more time on the training ground, perhaps couple of players coming back into the picture in terms of fitness um, I, I could see us getting a point um, we've gone there when we looked like we were absolutely dreadful under Lambert and uh, we managed to pull a 1-0 out of the back but we did have Benteke playing for us that, that night um, but yeah I think um, I think it's going to be a tough game but I think I think we get a point maybe um, just just because of the momentum and the, I don't know if I mentioned that new manager bounce before but it's definitely a thing and uh, yeah, uh, it normally lasts for more How than one game. How long does it last, Sam? It's about six games. Uh, it's 
The fixture list hasn't helped, but I honestly think that with the momentum, the new boss, the players are working ever so hard. We've got a couple of players coming back. He's got a few selection, you know, he's got some good problems to have to put it in the old uh, parlance. Yeah, I can see us getting a point. Omar, do you see any changes, mate? Does Louise come back in if he's fit, even though Nakamba played well? I don't think so. What are the, what are the front three? Wasn't asking you, Sam, was he? <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I agree with Sam. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Keep Nakamba. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would play Louise any day of the week, but I think um, I don't know how how fit Louise is, etc. But also, I think you know, we're, yeah, fitness. fitness is a key. We're away from home. Um, and Crystal Palace, so I played well at home, I think, this season and generally have played pretty well. So I think having someone a bit more defensive minded probably would be wouldn't be a bad idea. I think the midfield battle is gonna be key. You know, they've got Koyete, Milojevic and Gallagher. You're right there, Carl. We just uh, fell over there, I think. Death throwing his phone around, around again. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that the energetic midfield, um quite quite robust midfield as well. So I think Nakamba is probably a better a better fit for this game. Um, and, and that's what I hope to see. Generally, I think a horse. You know, we talk we talk about that phrase "horses for courses" so much on this pod. I think we 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 just need to see it. Smith wasn't one of those. He he sort of stuck to his team that performed well. And I think we just need to adapt to whatever team we're playing. And I think I think for this game, Nakamba. Uh, but I think the midfield battle is massive. Uh, and, I, and I think that I, I think the defense can be got at as well. I think you know Gay is a good young player, but I think he makes he's made quite a few mistakes this season already. Um, so I think it's key we, we capitalise on that there was some talk wasn't there around uh, the different types of midfielders that uh, that Michael Beale uh, talked about in a in a, uh, a conference once he had like the magician and the destroyer and the passer there were five different types the I can't remember all of spider the, sp- the, yeah, the spider, the spider in the web that's like you right, that's like that's you shabby kind of guy we haven't really right. we haven't really got one of those but I think it's interesting, the horses for courses, I think we talked about that a lot in terms of formations. I think from what the, what the uh, talk was about how they approached it at Rangers and what Beal said in that at, at that conference, it was more about, look, you've got your system and it doesn't really change hugely. It's a version of 4-3-3, but your blend of players within that will be adjusted depending on who you're against. And I would say probably Nakamba is the only vaguely destroyer type player that we've got in in midfield so perhaps in a in a tough battle like that he is the kind of guy um he is the kind of guy that you that you need um in there so um should just get Basuma in who was absolutely yeah, brilliant yeah I was going to say yeah, I mean he is us. a sex pest but apart from alleged no. alleged uh yeah. alleged sex pest mm. um but yeah he was uh, phenomenal he's probably the best player on the pitch wasn't he overall I yeah say. he's, he's going to mm. have a few uh He's going to have a few suitors, isn't he, old Bissou? Yeah, I think we need, if we're if, going to if get he him. comes in. away from these charges unscathed. I was, I was going to say the, poli- and, uh, the police are one of them, right? Yeah, well, quite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to get, yeah. a, a copper's going to get handsy on his collar, as it were. But, uh, yeah, um, I, if he gets through these charges, then you'd have to think that the likes of Spurs or, you know, a top six club are going to come in for him. But if we could get I'd him, d- I think that... Yeah. I'd have him against I'd have him ahead of Fred if I was Manchester United for sure yeah, yeah. or yeah. McTominay probably I'd, I'd have the camber in front of Fred to be honest I'd, yeah I was just going to say that I'd have the camber <laughs> who do you who do you think uh, it's a it's appalling the goal scorers um, there's only the, the leading scorer in the fixture uh, in the Premier League has only got three goals but who do you think it is it's a Palace player oh. Ian Dowie <laughs> Zaha Kevin, Kevin Phillips, no. Andy Johnson, no. someone we, yes, Andrew Johnson, three pennos, yeah. I well, I didn't look into it that much detail. Just three goals. Zard got two, I think. Benteke's got two. I think they were both for us. He hasn't scored against us, has he, for Palace? No, I think. Um, I don't think he scored against. Us, oh, he might have done last season. He uh, did last season, didn't he? Yeah, when did they he? beat us, didn't he score did against he? us? Yeah, I think, I think he did. He did. Yeah. Wanker. I think he did. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he did. I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure he did. All right. Uh, well, let's hope I, that's I, not I, Sam's vault, Villa vault, because otherwise we've just, we've just, he didn't no, react. Don't worry, it's not. Don't uh, predictions then. What do we, what do we think, Carlos? Um, I am 
gonna go for a draw. Twenty-seven um, all. Tw- yeah, twenty-seven <laughs> all. No, I'm gonna give a serious one this week. Two okay. two. Omar. Uh, two nil Villa. Whoa! I'm going. He's, Whoa. he's going for the new manager bounce. I'm going for that bounce, boy. I'm going to go three three. Whoa! All these thriller. Goals. Where are all these goals thriller in, from? Thriller in South Norwood. <laughs> uh, I think uh, one one tight game. One one for me. Um. So Samuel, what do you what do you have for us in the vault, mate? The Villa vault. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're going all the way back to 1997, okay, November 1997, uh, and uh, uh, it was a Saturday afternoon match at Sellers Park, a a reasonably uh, kind of satisfactory attendance, 21,000, what you'd expect, that's probably more or less a full house for them. All right, Um, anyone want to hazard a guess as to what the score was? Oh, God. 97 would have been Brian Little. Um, um, I, don't, I don't actually remember that game. I don't remember Palace at all then. Is that, That's when they must have had, uh, what's his name? Neil Shipley and players like that, right? That's uh, right. Oh, God. 2 0 Villa. Yeah. No. 2 1 Villa. No. 3 1. No. One all draw, lads. One all draw. Oh, that, sounds, that doesn't sound like a good one to pick. Um, well, have you gone all but, the way back to 97 for a one-all? Well, I'm interested in this. Cause I, well, because I thought, I thought it was going to be a draw on Saturday. Actually, yeah, there's a few little bits and bobs in here. So I think the team's going to be hard for you to get. All right, so uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, Who, they're, always, they're always hard for me to get, mate. Was, was Enkelman in goal? Who was in goal? It wasn't Enkelman, no. Who was in goal? Bozzo. Bozzo. Yeah. Okay, and then we were playing... <laughs> Uh, according to the Premier League website, we were playing uh, seven players at the back, which I think is wrong. Um, you've got one. How are we playing seven well, players? Shibiko was probably playing up front. That's well, that was depressing, wasn't it, when Shibiko played up front? Omar, Omar, did you know that Shimaku is from Leamington? I know, I know. His, his uncle used to cut my hair. Yeah, Leamington's wow. finest. Uh, yeah, so, Francesca's. yeah, another, another Leamington. All right, guys, save it for the Leamington oh, yeah. pod. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so Shimaka played at the back, I think, or maybe up front. Uh, who else was playing in defence for us? You go. Southgate. Southgate, yeah. You go, yeah. You go. No. no? Oh. McGrath, were you still there? No. no he left 96. He left 96. No, he's gone. Uh, yeah. Uh, who would have been playing else? Oh, God. It's too early yeah, for Staunton. Barry, surely. Staunton. Staunton. Uh, Alan Wright. Yeah. I say... Gary Charles. Well, no. he came on a sub, sorry. So he was the seventh defender that played, but he came on a sub, Gary Charles. Oh, Steve Watson, was he with there? Then? No. We signed him the year after, didn't we? No. Uh, God, who else played? I think we've named all the no, defenders now. There's, like there's, 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 there's two more. There's two more. There must be another right back. Shut that door. Right We're missing a right back. Shut that door. Shut that door. I don't know. That's uh, the clue. Simon Grayson. Simon Grayson. Oh, um, oh, Simon Grayson. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. There's, a, there's another reference for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> there's another. Oh, that's, that's, old, that's, that's old for me. <laughs> All right. There's one more. Le- a defender that often gets forgotten. The, the well, Joao Cancelo of his day. Fernando Nelson. Gustavo Bart- Fernando Gustavo Nelson. Bartlett. Fernando Nelson. Nelson. Oh, he would have played right back, right? Uh, yeah, he would have been Sorry, right wing back. How were all these players playing in the same well, I've got no idea. He was presumably left midfield, wasn't he? He must have been. Yeah. Uh, Grayson? Now, Grayson midfield? got in that team. Yeah, Grayson Grayson, played, Grayson played midfield. Grayson played midfield, yeah. All right, and then uh, according, according to this, we had one midfielder who was doing the sterling job uh, to hold the whole Ian Taylor. himself. Ian, Ian Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, correct. Um, um, York and, and Milosevic. York. Right, York and Milosevic. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so who scored for uh, Villa? Ian Tyler. No. Milosevic. Fucking. No. York. No. 
Grayson. No, I'll give you a clue. It was a sub. What we haven't mentioned? Gary Giles. Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson. No, no, no. Oh God. Okay. He's got a book uh, out. Fenton. He's got a book. He's got a book out. This bloke. It's coming out at the moment. He's got a book out. Br- uh, Bri- Brian Little <laughs> No. <laughs> He's got a book out. He has. Oh, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Julian Joachim. Joachim, Joachim, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all, all major booksellers, lads. Um, all right. Yeah. So, I tell you what. I tell you what. You I'm not doing, you... Sam. Getting involved in naming the palace. Oh, come on. Picked, have you picked this because Joachim's handed you some money to plug his book? Is that what's going on? Because <laughs> right, any other reason why you would have picked this game? It's not. Uh, it's not Villa, for Villa, any Villa, reason at all. Villa, Villa View are getting Boohoo Man. We're getting Julian Joachim's book. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, so Palace named an all-English side, okay, apart from I two players. I'm not naming it. Two players. Oh, God. Apart- oh, God. 97, come no on, idea. I know you can get this. Think of their, uh, their, their import. It was a hell of a signing, but he ended up being crap. No, I don't know. I can think of Mark Bright. I need a, a bigger clue than okay, that, Sam. Okay, he Where came from Italy. From? Italy. Huh? Oh, Lombardo. Lombardo oh, yeah. played. Lombardo, the yeah. bald oh. eagle. Oh, yeah. 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 He wasn't that crap mm. for them, was he? Was he? I think I he only... Was. Didn't they he name him manager? manager? Didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, manager. Um, mm. Okay, and the other uh, the other foreigner was from uh, Iceland. The country or the supermarket? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah. They haven't signed a ketchup, have they? Because... Did that? I'm going to say good job. Horizon, brilliant, Omar. I'm going to just name Go on. Didn't have Thomas Brolin though. Thomas Brolin. They did, but not. He didn't play. He's probably. He was probably. You know. Didn't he spend a lot most of his time in? He was a man who definitely needed. He loved the. He loved the sauce, didn't he? He loved the sauce. Just Maybe that's that. what they mean by sources. Maybe that's what they mean by sources. Yeah. Our team was so much better than theirs, and somehow Neil Shipley's managed to uh, earn them a point. But they had Kevin Miller in goal, Berlin, Andy Linnigan, Hryderson, Mark Edworthy, Dean Gordon, Jamie Smith, who got a red card, Andy Roberts, Simon Roger, Lombardo, Bruce well, Dyer. They were down to on. 10 men. When did he get sent off? Uh, he got sent off after uh, 76 minutes. We were playing. We were playing 10 yeah, centre half. Well, <laughs> Sam's the one that's saying our team was so much better, and I'm sitting here thinking, we've got Simon Grayson and Ricardo Strecker in the team, and four God, right we had, backs. York, we had York and Milosevic up front, though. You'd have thought that we'd be they able got, to. Uh, I just look. I just looked like, at the table. I looked at the table. They got relegated that season. Yeah. yeah. Poor result, really. Where did we finish? Where did we finish? That's when we had uh, six. Yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd just signed Collymore, hadn't we? Where was Collymore? No, he was, mm. wasn't he a bit later? I don't know. I think no, he was later. We signed him the season. We signed him that season. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. We finished seventh. You got to blame the formation and the tactics, I think. We, we did buy Collymore that season, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was injured. Correct. So no that's. Draper. Uh, or maybe. Got, maybe he got sent off. He might have got sent off for. Uh, he had that fight with. What's his face? The Leicester defender. Was it a Leicester defender? He had a punch up with him. Mm. Remember? No, I don't remember. Mm. Well, if I can, I'll try and find it and uh, send it to the the Twitter. <laughs> you so yeah, right. that's you're the, on good that's, terms with Twitter. Anyway, I think that I think it could be uh, in the draw. No. <laughs> so right, yeah. that's why I chose that. One. All right. And also, that, that was a very very difficult Villa vault. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like yeah, it. It was. We, like it a bit we got we got Man City next. There must be some. Uh, there must be some easy. Oh, I've got a, I've got one in mind now. Actually, that I was at. Uh, 1963. Oh, there was a nil-nil draw at Man City City fan, and she probably would have been there in '63. So maybe we'll get her on the pod, and maybe yeah, that'd be great. The, yes, the Man City vault. Uh, oh, AJ, 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 just as as an aside, searching for Perry. What? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We haven't mentioned that, have we? No, we were going to do. Uh, we we've been doing some deep research into Perry Digweed. Up, up, we uh, update for those of you that were listed to the pod uh, last week. Can clarify that the food that was thrown at Perry Digweed was chips because it was a hot day, and the lads, uh, the, the the junior cherries, didn't want to eat hot chips on a hot day. 
So they chose to throw them at, at Perry de Guide instead. That's so weird, by the way. I'd eat chips on any day. Yeah, well, any day, any that, day. Yeah. Take that with Max. Yeah. It's not my problem. It's not. It's not like not. It's like saying, "Oh, I ain't gonna have an ice cream because it's cold." Some, it's some people. Some people say that, which that. I find very weird. People also say one that annoys me is, "Oh yeah, it's too hot for a curry." And I'm like, "Do you know where curry's from? Like, it comes from really hot places." Yeah. It's not. <laughs> and actually, as you know, like a cup of tea, yeah. the best thing for you is something <laughs> hot because then yeah. uh, that's bullshit I like, as well. I, I like that's how we bookended the pod with total <laughs> unrelated nonsense. Um, but yeah, me and Omar are going to do a podcast uh, dedicated to uh, the life and times of, of Perry Digweed. Um, we're going to research him. We're going to uh, yeah. So if you're interested in in that, then uh, or if you're interested in sponsoring that, then then no. drop us a line because well, uh, well, we'll in, in, in reality, it's going to be hopefully it'll be bigger than that because I I think hopefully we'll we'll end up with a podcast where we just search for random nineties footballers. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, just find out where where, where are they now? One, episode one, is episode Perry. one, Perry, Perry yeah, Bigwood. Yeah. But we've got some good, we've got some good cold hard facts. I found him on LinkedIn, so I'm I'm doing I'm doing the hard yards. Yeah, he didn't have a lot. He didn't the... have a lot of connections, did he? Bless him. So if you're yeah. on LinkedIn, then uh, drop uh, drop Perry a connection request if you uh, if you see him on there, and maybe let's let's up his numbers a little bit. Anyway, speaking of sponsors, what? this uh, this podcast is sponsored by uh, MePay Digital uh, and. and Seamless. Thank you, thank you. Uh, a local uh, Birmingham uh, digital agency. So uh, check them out uh, for all of your digital uh, needs. Um, playing us out uh, on the podcast uh, today, uh, we're going to have a guy called Yates. Uh, he's a big Villa fan. Um, his uh, we were contacted by his team. He's going to be. Uh, he was. He's keen to uh, uh, get his uh, songs out there amongst the Villa the Villa fans because he's a big fan of Villa fan himself and the song itself is called Lionhearted uh, on that uh, on that basis it's going to be played at Villa Park um, and I didn't know much about him but um, he's uh, he's been on tour with JK who's uh, uh, I think is a blue nose but is uh, is quite big in the uh, in the game as the young people say um, but I also found uh, a little interview with uh, with Yates uh, talking about Birmingham and how much he loves it it's in a magazine which I think is called Ringleader but uh, they've taken all the vowels out because that that's that's cool when you do that. So it looks like it says Rungludder. Uh, so if you're looking for it, Google Rungludder, and you'll you'll <laughs> find it. Um, but I, I wanted to read this out because uh, I think um, you know uh, it, it echoes kind of our perspective uh, as a as a pod. Uh, and talking about um, uh, Birmingham, he was asked what he loves most about it. Um, and he said, it's great to see so many cultures uh, come together. I've got friends from all different backgrounds, all different religions, and we all come together at one uh, as one. And that definitely reflects in my music, the, influence, the influences from a lot of different cultures. Uh, so that's something that's great about the place. And I think we would all um, echo that view. So um, playing us out, it's 100%. Yates with uh, Lionhearted. Thanks, lads, for your time. And uh, up the villa. Lovely, up, up the, the villa. villa. Up the villa. We lion hearted. Look where we started. I know some departed. But we stay strong, yes, we kept it moving on. Don't you know we lion hearted? Look where we started. I know some departed But we stay strong, yes we kept it moving on Don't you know we lion hearted?